seeing it i feel as though its designation as a cult classic is currently working for and against it for insofar as if it weren't a cult classic i wouldn't have watched it and against it <laughs> because i know all of the aspects of it that made it interesting right. so i watched it and was like <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's get right into it. Uh, welcome everybody to Vampire's Piss. That's a good cold open, Hi. I think. It's a good cold <laughs> open, yeah. Um, the first cold open, I think, ever. Um, I am your host, Cassidy, and I'm joined by two people this time. Uh, we've got the usual, Mateo. Hey, what's up? And we've got a special guest. Christina. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you don't sound thrilled about this movie. I mean, it was, here's my thing. I actually ended up, I think, enjoying, mm-hmm. uh, the aspects of the movie that I learned more about than, like, the, the background of the movie than, than the actual movie itself, because watching the movie, it felt like it was an accident that this ended up being any good. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. A Nick Cage-shaped accident. Yeah, well, so, it's really interesting, because I feel like every time I've heard of this movie, it, it sort of is always speaking to the genius of Nick Cage. But the reality of it, reading about it, is what there's only one improv scene in it, and the rest of it was mm-hmm. explicitly written. Yeah. So I I kind of fell down this hole of reading about the original screenwriter, whose only real claim to fame previously was the Scorsese movie. Yes, yeah, After how, Hours. Yeah, yeah, and how he made a uh, motor mate mo- motor mama motor mania. Motor me. I don't, so I don't he know. Made a, a... He, he made an unreleased movie that only exists as a rough cut, and he oh. called that the end of an unofficial trilogy, including Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> what? Where, he, it, yeah, it was, like, it was a little bit of an Edgar Wright Cornetto trilogy, where uh-huh. he's like, these all uh, are movies that elicit an existential dread. Uh, hmm. I was like, okay, this makes it, again, it's like all the facts I know about this movie now are more interesting than the actual watch of the uh-huh. movie. Cause I knew I like you know every every punch I knew yeah, it's like he's yeah. yelling the alphabet I'm like I know he's going to. Uh, um, we've got to track down this like rough cut. Does it exist Vimeo. anywhere? I'm pretty sure it's on Vimeo. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna look into that yeah, right he, now. He, we know yeah, what to do. Yeah. Yeah, you could never really get it off the ground, I guess. Um, but yeah, and what's really interesting is so when this guy uh, wrote this script, he claimed to have been in. Uh, the Caribbean with his girlfriend. I'm sure you know this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he wrote it about her. Producer of the film, by the way. Yeah. She's in it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. she's in the diner scene when Peter's oh, like, it's a like... fucking grease hole. And then she's like in the background. The audacity to just send it to her is very funny. And, and for uh, her to make it is also very funny. Yeah, it's an interesting um, sort of dynamic. But I thought it was really interesting that originally... Um, that the actress that played Alva and Rachel, they were supposed to be the same actress. 
because really? yeah so i guess mm. he was saying that the movie was meant to be about his relationship and the duality mm. of it in terms of the way that the racial character was sort of using him and hurting him and the way that yeah. he was using and hurting the character of alba and they yeah. were supposed to be representative of their relationship so they were mm. both the same person which i was like I think that would have made this movie more interesting, but maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that definitely would have added to the psychological aspect of it because I think upon watching it over and over again, although Mm -hmm. I do love it, just because I think it's Mm -hmm. just so ingrained in my memory now, but I think they could have pushed the surreal aspects of it a little bit further to make it more ambiguous as to whether or not. Because right now, I think it's just a pretty clear cut case of like this guy is just delusional and there are no vampires. But I think mm-hmm. it could have worked oh. to like go a little bit farther. I feel like this is a development. Have you have you hopped off the Rachel's really a vampire train? I mean, I think I was just like doing it for shits and giggles with you. I mean, realistically, in the reality of the movie, <laughs> I think like Ooh. yeah. Well, I mean, I've definitely gone. Well. I'm sorry, but I've definitely gone for more like between our like ratios of vampire to no vampire. I think I've been no vampire uh-huh. more than you. That's fair. Um... I'm just, I'm just so in it. My watch was interesting because it was late at night. I was very drunk and this movie was a lot more Catholic than I remember it being. Yeah. He also had longer hair and it was worse than it is in this one. Wait, what do you, what? Oh, it's, okay. You did another thing. Wait, what did you? I did. I burned my, uh, my non, my non vampires kiss watch and instead watched season of the witch. Which is not a good movie. Okay. No. I've... No, it is not. Wait. Let's look this up now. Hang on. It's got Ron Perlman in it, though. Which is... There's no literally no similarities to this movie. I was trying to keep track of it last night. I will just, every so often during this discussion of actual vampires kiss, uh, throw a fun fact about Season of the Witch in there. But there's not there's not much to tell. I just didn't really didn't want to watch Vampire's Kiss last night, and I knew I had that. That's crazy. That one. I didn't want to either, but I did. <laughs> so I just feel a little well. Cheated, listen, but it's fine. We're both in the deep end now, and I can't get away with that again. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, I think I need to watch more Nick Cage movies now, just as an excuse. Because if I'm being honest, I think I've only really fully watched National Treasure as a kid, this and Moonstruck, mm-hmm. which. I like, I think I like Moonstruck a little bit more than Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, I am a little jealous that I didn't also watch Moonstruck. Oh, you should. It's a romp. It's great. Around the same time as this movie. I think it was actually filming at the same same time. Exactly. I think it, like, just released before. And so they said that this movie was, like, career suicide, especially after how successful Mm -hmm. Moonstruck was. But he's still here, so, you know. I feel like if you watch this movie, it's a seamless transition into watching Wicker Man because mm. his performance is like much the same and brings the same elements of over the top camp, but he clearly knows what he's doing with it more. You should have watched Wicker Man. You should have watched Wicker I Man. Should have watched Wicker Man. Mm. That's on me. The there's a similarity to Wicker Man, uh, in that that Christopher Lee is in season of the witch. Oh briefly. Okay. He's like a Catholic cardinal or something, his face is melting off. That's wonderful. Hmm. And Christopher Lee, famously in the original Wicker Man, oh, yeah. which is a good movie. It is. It's my favorite. That musical, I have seen. Honestly, I think the music. <laughs> what? It's a musical. 
The Wicker Man? Yeah. I don't remember anyone singing there's in that so movie. There's so much singing in it. They're singing about, like, the tavern girl's daughter. Uh, there's, like, a cut oh, scene. Oh, right. There, mm-hmm. When you meet Christopher Lee's playing piano with his wife or whatever. It's a very yeah. musical movie. It's fire. It's on Spotify. I recommend it. It's awesome. And it ages in such an interesting way where it's, like, it, the America is no longer... Well, I'm not America, but, like... People are less afraid for their souls these days, so nobody really makes any movies about that. And so now when you view the movie, it's just some, like, cop who goes to this island where everyone has sex, and he's like, you guys shouldn't be having sex, and then they burn him alive. Well, is it Irish or Scottish? I'm pretty sure he's Scottish, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. Scottish or Irish. One of the islands. He flies, he has to fly there. Um... I mean, what's but, fucked up about that movie, though, is just, like, his piety and, like, him, like, retaining his virginity or whatever mm-hmm. is what kills him, which is, a, I don't know, an odd message. Well, not an I wonder odd, if that happens in the Nick Cage one. I should have watched that movie. I would definitely yeah. believe that Nick Cage would be, you know, he de- he probably had. He had to. I don't think they would change that. That'd be weird. I did hear, Changes though, that, like, for some home releases, they removed the Not the Bees scene, which is, like, super disappointing. That's so sad. That's like removing the alphabet scene from Vampire's exactly. Kiss. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, what, did you have any other thoughts about the movie as a, as a, as a whole? As a um, complete picture? Hmm, that's Let's a good see. question. I, I did not enjoy the movie. It was, Again, I feel as though my reaction to it would have been different if it didn't achieve cult classic status and I didn't know all of the aspects. The ones that caught me off guard, I did end up being like sort of bemused at uh, finding out that he's using his couch as a makeshift coffin was kind of funny. I was like, okay, I'll I'll give you that. Something I've still got to do. Um, I was. (gasps) We have a new couch now. It's definitely better for that. Good luck with that. We got a new couch recently. It's pretty cool. You should definitely throw a couch uh, on top of Cassidy as per his request. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was interested to find out that like some of the stuff was filmed not unlike a YouTube prank mm-hmm. uh, with real people, yeah. which I was like... Uh, yeah. yeah. It feels like all aspects of the movie outside of itself were kind of fucking annoying. And then the movie itself coalesced into something that accidentally ended up being kind of interesting from yeah. like Nick Cage being constantly in character and being a dick to the woman who played Rachel consistently. Because yep. they didn't cast his girlfriend. Yeah, to like the whole yogurt on his feet thing. That Not really sure what, what that's here <laughs> is. The memory on the yogurt on his feet thing. So in the scene where <laughs> purportedly he's, I believe, having sex with Rachel, yeah, you can't yeah. see his feet and they're cropped out. Mm. And his request on set was to be able to simulate arousal he needed hot yogurt poured on his feet mm-hmm. okay yeah that was it that's, that's all, all there all. is there's no more details yeah i i mean he was a menace like yeah. on that set which is like again all aspects of this should coalesce to make something deeply annoying but they don't which i think is the most interesting part of it like not really the the correct word here but it's almost like a narrative versus Ludo narrative situation where it's just like the actual story mm-hmm. that the movie is telling. It's good and interesting, but all the aspects surrounding it, like the mechanical aspects of it are 
fucking irritating. And how did we make the movie that we made? I like that you've introduced the word ludonarrative mm -hmm. into it, our podcast. It doesn't apply in film, mm -hmm. but it applies in... In what? Books? No, games. Oh, games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I think I can stretch the definition uh, and make it work. I'm, I'm taking the, the glasses back off the emoji. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I may um, put the glasses back on, I think I'm... I'm <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd advocate for death of the author in this situation. I think as, mm. I don't know, for me personally, like I did see a lot of the scenes beforehand, but I think I've just so like accepted the movie for like what it is at this point that mm -hmm. I don't know. I maybe I've tricked myself into thinking it's like a strong movie just because it's like, well, I know all the twists. And so like, it makes sense, you know, yeah. like there is like, I, like, I think when you first watch it, the thing that hits you is, like, it feels like an accident, but then, like, as you watch it over and over again, you see, like, the themes of loneliness and, like, all that stuff, like, it does feel like, I don't know if I'd say, like, well put together, because I think After Hours, like, as a story, mm. like, is more, like, yeah. I, I think the twists and turns work a little bit better, and it's just, like, Sounds more, intricate. yeah, it's more engaging and intricate, and also, like, I like how kind of punchy it is, like, this movie is more of a slow mm. burn, which is kind of odd for, like what you'd expect from it from like seeing all of the big scenes but i don't remember where i was going with this but <laughs> good movie i guess i don't know fun movie <laughs> we've we've been we've been hypnotized yeah is what you're saying right mm. it's a bit of stockholm yeah. syndrome like media-based stockholm <laughs> I syndrome mean, i don't necessarily deny it's it's ability to form a coherent movie i do actually think the movie sort of stands uh stands up on its own legs in terms of being successful in what it attempts to portray it's just like the steps to how we got there on paper would not make you think that we got to a movie that you know would have mm -hmm. um would have been successful in that way uh that being said i feel like watching it the only thing i could think the whole time is just like man i i just want to go and watch movies with better examples of this narrative now <laughs> like, i just want to go watch king of comedy or mm. like a taxi Man. driver imagine how we feel <laughs> uh, you know. i you know I thinking I, I I do also think we should uh, we should do a whole death of the author with this thing especially since the author didn't write very much um I feel like Robert Bierman didn't make any other movies after this oh uh, he also didn't write this one let's see hmm? he also didn't write this movie well he didn't write it but I mean he I you think mean, he you mean Joseph an, an influence oh, on sure. the film yeah yeah well Joseph Minion too but he ended up writing like a few things well, I, I don't think robert bierman's really done anything robert after this. Bierman hasn't done anything other than guest lecture in london but part of that is owed to the commercial failure of this movie and oh, he mm -hmm. i do believe he cited as talking about like this sort of being the death of his career as a result oh, no. that's yeah, really that's you know. a bummer man that's kind of sad yeah it's not well i mean i i think that a similar happen a similar thing happened to minion as well where he the movie that was unreleased like that he only has in a rough cut form mm -hmm. uh i really only exists in a rough cut because no one really wanted to deal with him and like in fairness i can't be that mad at it the guy seems i mean listen you can only be so yeah. so normal and have just the words fellini tattooed on your arm <laughs> does he yeah exactly he does <laughs> Uh, we gotta watch out for that in our next watch. Yeah. <laughs> See if we can spot it because he's also in the movie. He's the waiter oh, in the in the. They put I'm surprised he was able to be on set with the producer long enough. I know. Well, that's what I. Someone I think Matt actually pointed out to me that he's in that scene. Right? I think it was you. 
in the yeah i believe so i don't know yeah and the, the diner scene oh you know what it was i think it was the director's commentary now that i think about it mm. but yeah mm, he yeah. he like he like removed himself from the film because he was like felt too close to it he was like this is well also sucks. his relationship with the producer got so contentious that they yeah. couldn't be in the same room so i mean i guess yeah, i get it. it i mean the movie is fucking it's about them mm. so like well, why would you want to yeah. dwell on that yeah um Anyway, if uh, Peter Lowe was like a Twilight-style vampire, what power do you think he would have? Oh, God. It's a question we haven't asked in a while. Well, it's obviously sex appeal. (laughs) Well, don't they all kind of have that? They do. Right? Like, that predatory, like, things are attracted to them power. Um, I I feel like this is a cliche answer, but it would be the Edward Cullen answer. It would be mind-reading, except... Really? Except with the mind-reading, he just wouldn't... Like, he'd read the minds, but he wouldn't do anything with it. He'd just be like, no, I don't think so. Mm. He, he would get self-conscious and be scared to read minds. No, I think he would. Might... I just don't think that he would accept that the things that people are thinking are actually oh. right or true. <laughs> so he would ignore them. Fair enough. Yeah. I also don't really remember what a lot of those powers in the movie were. Like, most of them were pretty ass. Uh, uh, what's her name had? Uh, she could defense see into the power. future. Oh yes, Alice. Defense Alice, yeah. power. Wait, who Be- had defense power? Bella. Co- that was her power. It was like it was defense. She could make shields by the end of the fourth book. Or what? What? I thought so. I thought her power was literally. That's why you can't read her. Magic mind. shields. She no. She had like she was really highly protected against the powers of other vampires. So when she gets turned, her whole thing is like you find out. Oh, I can't read your mind. You're not special. You're just like oh, super inclined to like resist the powers of other vampires. But I do believe she can put up shields. Like, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure by by the end of Breaking Dawn, this movie, uh-huh. or this, this book becomes dog shit, and we start making things up. What? Um, well, I guess it's a fucking vampire book. So yeah. But I, yeah, I don't really know what any of, like, one of their powers was, like, is strong, but they're all kind of strong, so that was nothing. One of them is, like... Is fast. Is, yeah, is the CEO of racism, but they're all fast. <laughs> yeah. But I thought... One of them is the fast one. Was it Jasper? Was Jasper the fast one, or was he just young? No, he's the racism one. Jasper? He serves in the Civil War. <laughs> what? He really? <laughs> uh, wonder what side you serve, in, Jasper? <laughs> Tell the audience what side. Huh. huh? I forgot about that. I think so. At least. There's a lot of Confederate vampires randomly. It's all Anne Rice's yeah, fault, really re- maybe. Probably. Probably. I still need to read Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, I have it. I have yet to read I it. I heard it was good. I heard there's like multiple, right? Yes. Because uh, the con- yeah the contemporary series covers multiple like of the books the movie doesn't. Yes. Well, I yeah. think uh, Queen of the Damned is like a sequel that still has Lestat, who, uh, if you've seen the original uh, movies played by Tom Cruise, he's like in multiple of like the Vampire Chronicles uh, books. Yes, yes. He's not in the actual Queen of the Damned movie, though, is he? I think he is, but no. he's not played by Tom oh. Cruise. Okay, yeah, because that movie was ass. I, not good. I, I have it on my letterbox list because I was listening to a podcast where they rated her as the hottest vampire in film. That's so. crazy. Well, listen, it's iffy. What do you want from me? Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that movie was... um. To, to vampires, what Catwoman was to uh, superheroes. So take that how you Catwoman, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's not a good movie. I, I still kind of like 
how stupid the editors of that movie seemed. It was almost statistically improbable how much of a mess that movie was so there is a certain degree of appreciation i know that no had, one stopped it it had so many his stars yeah there was, there was a lot mm. but we should have watched catwoman over and over again that would have been i hmm. would have given us like a stress migraine that cause... movie made me physically ill to watch. yeah because the editing is so it's it's painful or spinning the camera 360 degrees and making like the slide whistle noise for two hours yeah. it's not i don't i don't get motion sick at movies very easily but you that think that movie... released in 3d huh you think that shit released in 3d definitely not that, that uh, was like not yeah i don't think that was like a imagine a, it in 3d a phenomenon back then are you sure yeah, the, the 2000s the yeah, early I 2000s think, yeah yes. i think 3d was definitely a part think... of like the marketing I think it, no, I don't think it was that popular, though, because Avatar wasn't out yet. Avatar was what really, like... That is not true. That is categorically not true. Well, I think it's what popularized 3D. Wait, so you're saying CG? You're saying CG, or you're saying just, like, 3D, like, the actual, like, because... Yeah, like, 3D. Like, no, like, I mean, they've like, had like, that since the, the 80s with, yeah. like, you know... I was like, are you trying no, to fucking tell me no, that, that but, 3D movies got popular in 2011, and before that, we knew... It was 2009. Either but, way... No, that's not. No, this I, is I, I'm not saying that, but I am saying, like, I don't think every movie was released in 3D like it was after Avatar came out. Like, I think Maybe not there were every definitely movie, movies. But I think the kind of movie that Catwoman is, like, the, you know, schlocky kind of superhero type thing, mm. I think that would definitely get released in 3D. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Regardless, I hope that's the case because... I mean, I feel as though you could find out very quickly if that is the case, because the first Google results would be people in mass throwing up in theaters. <laughs> yeah. I cannot describe to you how motion sick this movie. Like even on a big screen, I don't know if I could handle that. It's probably not. It's in some ways a feat of filmmaking. It's a. Uh, it's definitely impressive. It's. Um, yeah, very few movies can actually f- make me feel like you put my brain into a food processor, but you know, here we are. I mean, one any movie can do it if you watch it enough. Mm. Mm. Nah, but see, at that point, you're you're making that happen. The movie itself isn't doing this. Catwoman can get me in one. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw yeah. does for me, but for a different reason. The mm. new one? No, not the new one. The original. That just oh, makes me feel like gross after watching it. Huh. I think that's that's a. I think that's the intent. Yeah, probably. no, definitely. I mean, I don't think yeah. they would make you all... I don't know if it's like a whole hour. It's like at least 30 minutes of just screaming and being covered mm-hmm. in blood and running and just being stressed out. Yeah. I fell asleep uh, when when we were in our two bed. Yeah. Cassie was watching the new uh, Chainsaw mm-hmm. the, in the living room and our speaker setup was like pretty loud. So if, the, like, if you didn't have your door closed, you could hear stuff from our bedrooms pretty clearly. And I... Mm-hmm. I, I sort of laid down and unwittingly took a nap to the sound of, like, chainsaw revving and blood-curdling <laughs> yeah. scream. And gotta say, it was one of the more peaceful naps I've ever had. <laughs> it was like something was very comforting about it as as compared to when you were watching The Long Goodbye. The Long Goodbye, and then you had the worst nap Oh my your god, life. it was just, like, two, <laughs> two dudes, extremely Atlantic-ass, hey, I'm walking here, as dudes yeah. talking, and I was in the trenches. <laughs> A cold sweat washing over me as they talk about a dog or some shit. I would, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, the he, the guy looked for his cat. Sure. Long Goodbye is a good movie. 
like that the majority of this podcast seems to be talking about other better movies. Uh, you yeah. should have heard the last episode. Uh-huh. We were... I don't even know what we were talking about last episode, but it was not Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, I think uh-huh. I kind of don't retain, like, memories from these past, like, ten podcasts, to be honest, after oh, going no. through so many of these. Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's. It almost seems like it's inconsequential to your podcast to watch this movie. That, well, well, hey, I no, wouldn't let's say not, that. Let's, go, yeah. let's not oh, go that God, far, okay? Jesus Christ, that's... everyone just like that. <laughs> God, that's like a... Well, that, the, now you're just coming for our integrity. Yeah, that's a serious <laughs> accusation. Our fan base, like, expects a much higher from us than that. Yeah, okay. That being said, I didn't really finish the movie this watch. I had, a, I, you know, I had to cook for a guest, and there was, like, a lot going mm. on. And That's fair. I definitely fell asleep at the end of uh, um, Season of the Witch, so you I can't... You squandered your one... Uh, I, I really fucked up mulligan. my one skip. My By one mulligan. not only a... <laughs> steaming hot duty of a movie but watching it so late and so but drunk that fought, i fell yeah. asleep at the end damn dude i mean the real punishment should be that i should probably re-watch the last like 20 minutes of that movie God. i don't know what happens i i want to see what happened to ron perlman he's in the movie he got a better gig hopefully. what is that movie about uh it's oh God, it's Nick Cage and Ron Perlman are like knight errants of like the church and they are participating in the crusades oh. and they're like bantering and being like haha isn't it so fun to kill brown people for god, oh god. anyway let's and then well and then it goes a step too far when Nick Cage kills one woman and was like uh actually I think this is bad and so then they desert and... I think this is bad she's brown <laughs> She wasn't. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then they desert and they come back to their home in what I'm assuming is England. And the Black Plague is hitting mm-hmm. the, the, the world. And um, they go to a town where there is a witch. And they, uh, like, fucking uh, Christopher Lee, who ha- is his face is melting off from the black plague uh you know catches him and is like all right you guys are deserters so we could hang and burn you but instead we're gonna have you guys escort this witch to uh this one town where we're gonna try and save her soul or something and they do that i think i fell asleep by the time they got there so i don't know what happened to her maybe she lived maybe maybe you know she got to be with god that's that's my you know my my vampire power for uh, Nick Cage and to be with vampires God kiss? in the end being Catholic mm. first world's first ca- Catholic vampire that is definitely not the world's first Catholic vampire at all you don't think so I think who's the fir- who's the first I'd have to think the about guy it. that designs his uh, vestments or whatever you ever see that guy what guy the, the guy that designs like the Pope's drips. Is he a vampire? I mean, he's incredibly jacked, incredibly gay, and has, like, the coolest fucking tattoos all over his body. What? He does kind of give vampire energy, and then it's just, like, him dripped out as fuck standing next to, the, like... Uh, the Pope? Pope Benny, yeah. And being like, your government, sir. <laughs> you know this? No. Uh, uh, Is this dude, what the young Pope's about? 
No, oh. maybe. I don't know. Mm. No, no, that movie. No, that movie is crazier than the things that I'm describing. Is it a movie? I thought it was a show. A show. Okay. Right. He drops a baby in it. It's kind of funny. Uh, Pope? <laughs> yeah. That hasn't he's gone like wrong. The, no. He's like the... No, not even. It's just like a, there. there's, I believe, a scene where he's just like a freak that's like the whole thing is like he's a fucking weirdo who's like more catholic than any catholics there and he wants to adhere to the catholic rules but everyone's really corrupt he's like pissed about it so he's like i'm bringing i'm making catholicism great again and like they keep trying to throw like women at him to like fuck him and he's like no no no, no we're, we're doing cath we're doing catholicism we're enough um and this like woman gives him his gives him her baby because she just like had a baby and she's like look upon him and he's like oh and then he like drops it he's like oh shit <laughs> this the show sounds funny it's man. a pretty good show actually. <laughs> I, quite, I quite liked it um you can only listen there's only so much pope media you can set to lmfaos and bring a sexy back uh, in a trailer oh yes uh, i do remember this trailer. and it, it, it works um fair but... enough Anyway, yeah, the Pope's uh, the Pope's drip maker looks like fucking Joey Swole or whatever. Is that his professional um, title, the Pope's drip maker? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Unless you can think of a better one. Uh, I can't <laughs> certainly. Um, yeah, so I think we're running running short on time. This is going to be a very fast episode because I was bad at scheduling and didn't say a time when I said we should record Sunday. Yeah, I was so. expecting the reg, so. I was a little, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, behavior. Whoopsies. It's cool. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's get into our recommendation segment, oh, and then we shit. can get into plugs. Hell yeah! Um, I'll go first because I have one in mind already. It's for the first time on this podcast, probably. I am not recommending a movie this time. I'm recommending a game, and that game. Pizza Tower. Everyone should play Pizza Tower. It is a 2D platformer uh, made by two people. The studio is called Tour de Pizza. Uh, it is about a, an Italian man named Peppino Spaghetti and an evil entity named Pizza Face threatens to blow up his pizza restaurant with a laser. So Peppino runs over to the Pizza Tower to go kill Pizza Face before he does that. It's incredible. Everyone should go play it. Pizza Tower. Uh, who want to who go next? I'll go. Um, because we were talking about it earlier, and it reminded me, like, just fucking listen to the Wicker Man soundtrack. It's fantastic. It's, like, really good mm. folk music, good pagan vibes. There's this one song about just, like, fucking in bushes that's a bop. Uh, and I watched Akira in the theater last night for Whoa. yeah for like kind of the first time because the first time i watched it i had work at like seven thirty in the morning that day so i totally fell asleep and then woke up towards the end and i was like i don't understand what's going on and <laughs> yeah. i was really hoping that the theater this thing because it was like a midnight thing like had red bull because i was really fucking sleepy and they did mm. not so i fell asleep a little bit again but mostly not <laughs> and i caught most the important uh -huh. bits and you know good movie Good movie. Just watch Akira. Just read it. It's a classic. Yeah, I have the second volume that I got at like an anime shop near me that I started reading, and it's pretty cool. But it's weird because they like flipped it to be like the way you read in like regular American comics. Oh, which, that is weird. Yeah, which I don't really like, but it's it's kind of fine. But mm. I don't know. Do that shit. 
Um, you got anything for us? Oh, God. I mean, I feel like I already did my fucking plug for Watch Young Pope. I mean, it's kind of a good series, but I feel like uh, Mateo talking about Akira. I recently watched the Jacob Geller video on the fundamental failure of orbital lasers, which <laughs> is directly related to Akira. And yes. uh, a core tenant of Akira is basically the idea that uh, that that orbital lasers and every such uh, deus ex machina weapon are fundamentally incapable of doing the thing that they set out to do. And, and in Akira, uh, it's a piece of media that works really hard to obviate that. And I think Mateo talking about Akira just really made me think about that more. It's a good um, video. Yeah, or if you don't like heady stuff, go watch uh, What's-His-Face Drop a Baby. <laughs> no. yeah well, i don't know what the fuck that blonde bitch's name is he's like ryan Gosling. jude law i was just about to say isn't it jude law it is jude law but okay. he's also ryan gosling i don't know dude white what guy facial blindness is yeah. the same guy to me Fair you enough. shave him and slick down his hair and i that's a non-entity to me he disappears yeah. um all right plug time obviously everybody go follow vampires pit or no go follow game reel on twitter that's what Gamriel Pod, that's our handle. Also follow me on Twitch. I'm twitch.tv slash wizard drinks. Mateo, you got anything? Uh I don't know, I guess I'll plug our friend Moby Bollinger's uh Instagram because they gave me my first tattoo and that was pretty fucking high. Oh hell yeah. yeah. Nice. I haven't seen Moby in years. Yeah. yeah same. Shout out Moby. Shout out Moby. Moby's the dude. Um that's pretty much it. I don't they're not even really on Instagram. But <laughs> anyone Shout out to Moby, man. Shout out to Moby. <laughs> They're trying to give people tattoos, you know. Hell okay, yeah. Dude. I don't know if they want me to plug their um, Twitter or not. I think they mostly just like like fan art of and <laughs> what's that fucking show, Tokyo Revengers? I think that's mostly just God, so many fucking people have talked to you about Tokyo Revengers. Yeah, I really like, no, they I showed can't. me the first episode and I fucking hated it like so much. I <laughs> I'll be real, I can't bear to look at anyone on that show. They all look like shit to me. I there's this I, one guy I don't know who anything kind about of like me on it, so like I'm down for that one guy, although he dies, spoilers, <laughs> but I just concept <laughs> I conceptually I just hate the fucking like is it like Isekai that's the whole genre? It's like Oh my god, I'm a fucking loot. Like, this guy, like, the main guy's like, I, like, peaked in middle school, which is, like, the most depressing shit ever. It's like, oh, oh, like, I want to, like, do my life over from middle school. It's like, nah, you would, I would never. That's, like, a total nightmare (laughs) for me. (laughs) I can't imagine, like, someone wanting to be like, yeah, I want to start over from that point. Like, fuck that. Speedrunning (laughs) self-immolation. Yeah, but Um. anti-recommend that shit. Uh, (laughs) Recommend Akira, I guess. I love the anti-recommends that slip in near the end yeah. whenever we're talking about this stuff. I know that's a really uh, controversial opinion. Oh, Akira's better than Tokyo Revengers, but you know, <laughs> that's what we're here for. Um, oh, yeah, I plug mean... Your, plug your socials. You've got a lot. I guess I do. I mean, I, I they all have the same name. I'm I'm at, at Inkdem everywhere. Uh, it's the same. I peaked in middle school with my username, so I've been <laughs> Inkdem since I was 14. Man, damn, maybe you um, should watch that anime then. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Let's go back to middle school and I can I can, I can, can pick a better fucking name. Let's go. And I will only be plugging the R one because I'm pretty sure my personal is... Funny as it is, I'm pretty sure my uh, my Twitter name currently is Rumpleforsky. <laughs> I don't have it in me to like be presentable to a wider audience because I think that shit's hilarious. Yeah. Um, follow Ink Them. It, she makes good art. Yay! 
Um, and uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Yeah. It's been too long. Yeah. Um, well, it's been never. You know, yeah. Fucking edited the pathologic I mean, episode. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> the unreleased pathologic episode. Yeah. Um, anyway, thanks everybody for listening. I've been Cassidy. I've been Mateo. I'm Christina. Still Christina. Goodbye. Dream of me, my angel.